Yeah, it is way too early in the morning for these audio problems. And frankly, it's way too early for gospel music. Let me start this, of course, by asking you a question. And it's it's a pretty personal one, so don't feel obligated to answer it if it's too much for you. But AJ, have you ever been friend-zoned? <laughs> Funny thing. Nerp? I know this is probably not the turn you were expecting, but no, I've never been friend-zoned because I've never had a significant other. Well, I mean, that's potentially a result of being friend-zoned. Yeah, of course, but nope. This nope. That I know I know I'm I know I'm stuttering right now, but that's not denial speaking. It's actually the truth. Well, if it ever happens to you, now you know how to react. Yes, like a true gentleman and not a simp. Cut their brother's tongue out. Oh, uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, how 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 silly of me. That's what you do. Yep, that's that's totally that's proven to work all the time. 100% Every single person. I mean, it worked for me. Wait, what? I run the intro! (laughs) Wait! Welcome to Into the Falls, a Gravity Falls podcast. I'm Mary, and I know lots of things. I'm AJ, and I know nothing. This is a podcast where I guide AJ through the wonderful weirdness of Gravity Falls, my favorite show that he has never seen. If you're a new arrival like me, or looking to relive some crazy summer memories, come with us and let's dive into the falls. And now a brief recap of Gravity Falls Season 1, Episode 4, The Hand That Rocks the Mabel, aired July 6, 2012. The Mystery Shack has some new competition in the Tent of Telepathy, which features an adorable child psychic named Gideon Gleeful. Although Stan tries to ban the kids from interacting with him, Gideon takes a liking to Mabel, and the two form a nice little friendship. That is, until Gideon starts to push for something more. Mabel doesn't reciprocate, but she agrees to one date with him in order to spare his feelings. That move backfires when Gideon starts asking her on subsequent dates in much more public and elaborate ways. Pretty soon, their uncomfortable prepubescent love story is the talk of the town, and Stan marches over to the Gleeful house to put a stop to it. But when he gets there, Gideon's father, Bud, convinces him that they may have a lucrative team up on their hands. Mabel is less concerned with the business potential of her relationship and more concerned with how to put an end to it. When Dipper sees her in turmoil over it, he volunteers to break up with Gideon for her. Big shock, that also backfires, and after luring Dipper to a warehouse, Gideon uses his magic bolo tie with the ability to move objects and attacks Dipper with his merchandise. Mabel, having realized that the right thing to do is to break up with Gideon face-to-face, arrives just as he's about to cut Dipper's tongue out with a pair of floating lamb shears. She grabs his bolo tie in the ensuing game of keep away sends Dipper and Gideon flying out the window. She saves them at the last second by using the tie to make them float above the ground and finally rebuffs Gideon's affections in no uncertain terms. Stan's deal with Bud falls through as a result of the breakup and Gideon swears vengeance on the Pines family. They don't take his threat seriously, but he's already planning his next move as he closes the book on journal number two. All right, AJ, you're getting into the thick of it now. What do you think? Okay. Well, the thing is, I don't know whether we should uh, just talk about... Well, either way, we're going to be talking about our little cutie pie here, little Gideon. But I don't know whether we should talk about something mundane or, like, the the big thing at the end. I think let's do stream of consciousness. Whatever you want to talk about first, go ahead. 
All right. You know, let's start a little simple. What is with this town and 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 their sacks? Like Stan has a sack. Apparently, Lil Gideon has a sack. Like I I can't deal with this. So the reason those characters have sacks is, of course, they are assigned male at birth and part of the biological male anatomy. Don't make me finish this sentence. I won't. I won't. The sack thing reminded me of when I was in middle school and I only ever brought lunches in like saved grocery bags, like the giant pile of Target bags in our pantry. And so at the when my friends and I all finished lunch, I would hold it out and call it the magic bag of trash and they would just throw their trash in it and I would go throw it away for all of us. Now, now see, that's wholesome. That's uh, that's helping your friends out and saving the planet a little bit. This, I I can't deal with. Now I know I should have used a cloth sack and collected money instead, because that makes perfect sense. Oh, of course! That makes wow. perfect sense! What a nice man! That was totally worth the drive! Yeah, speaking of which, Stan, you, you need to work on your scam game. Like, really? Just the magic sack of disappearing or, or whatever? Like, Ed, Ed, and Eddie would cry. That's just what Stan does. Well, I mean, it's the it's his audience that's enabling him, really. Yeah, why do you think he entered this line of work? Yeah, it's it's the town of Gravity Falls's fault. They're enabling this. They really are. When you hear like a background voice say that makes perfect sense both times when he's putting his money into the bags, it sounds just like a line from the Book of Mormon, the musical, not the religious <laughs> text. Yeah, I uh, I totally figured. That makes perfect. This whole this whole episode seemed very very intent on uh, on roasting the heck out of televangelism, and you know what? I think it's perfectly warranted. It is, especially when the evangelist is a little demon child who will probably at this rate grow up to be an incel. I mean, the signs are all there. Like I literally have in my notes. Gideon's an incel. Yeah, go back to 4chan, you POS. Like, the signs are all there. This this needs to be stopped. Where are this kid's parents? I mean, we see his dad, but where is where is his mother? Where is the worryingly, devoutly religious mother? I don't know, but the dad is raking it in. Yeah, this is... I don't know. Did you recognize Gideon's voice? Uh... Are you going to tell me that that was Alex Hirsch? I am not. Okay, but yeah, I, I I didn't place it. Who voiced Lil Gideon? So Lil Gideon was voiced by Thurup Van Orman. That is his real voice. He just affected a southern accent. Wow. Um, you might know him as the creator of the marvelous misadventures of Flapjack. I thought that voice. I thought that name sounded familiar. Wow. He's also the voice of Flapjack. What's that shiny thing? Captain, you gotta come home. And then he went on to direct the Angry Birds movie too. Just the second one. Yeah, you know what? Here in, uh, I've only seen a bit of Flapjack, but here in that voice in my head, I could, I showed, I totally should have placed it. He kind of talks like, I can't do an impression, never mind. Little old me. Ugh. So, something you might have noticed, and as we're recording this, our second episode just came out yesterday. Something you might have noticed in that episode, uh, that I don't remember if, if you've spotted it, I don't think you did. But when they're looking in the magazine and finding out about the photo contest, there's an ad on the back for a child psychic, and you can very clearly see that it's Gideon. 
So something to think about. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I did not notice that. Yeah, good job, Gravity Falls, for that foreshadowing. Great job. Oh, yeah. Dipper this week was very, very, uh, like, very on top of the foreshadowing. Like, there were two moments in this episode where there were exact, like, what could go wrong moments. And then it's like, yeah, you know that uh, something's going to go wrong there, Dipper. And yet you still say it. What's the matter with you? His hubris... God. So speaking of foreshadowing, there's a scene uh, where Mabel walks in. I believe this is after her first date with Gideon where she has a lobster. You'll notice Dipper is sitting on the recliner in the mystery shack reading the journal. But is it the journal we know? Wait, it. It, it's it's got the hand with the number three on it. What what are you what are you saying? In in that specific scene, Dipper is lying on the on the chair reading the journal and take a look at that journal. Uh, I, I I clearly missed this. What what's what's going on here? Oh, it's not okay. I had the wrong scene. It's not when she comes back from the date. I think it's earlier. Yes, it's earlier. It's when she gets back from uh, doing makeovers with him. Okay, I missed that too. So I have no idea what the deal is here. Okay, I'm gonna send this in the Discord chat, and you tell me if you notice something is off. Okay. <laughs> I immediately noticed that. What the hell? Yeah, okay, I never uh, I never noticed that until I was watching it to record with Charlie and Ella. What is going on here? Uh, people, if you're just listening to the podcast, which you are, even if you're on YouTube, uh, Dipper's laying on the couch in like the den of the mystery shack and he's reading a journal. We know that he's got the number three journal, the hand with the number three on it. But this says number two. Is this an animation error or is this something that uh, that's 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 that's, that's, what 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 help? What is this? I don't know, AJ. Maybe he and Gideon switched journals at some point by accident. But then wait. And then they switched back also by accident. So neither of them realized. What is going on here? You know, just doing some summer reading. (laughs) Summer (laughs) reading. Exercising the old brain. AJ.exe has stopped working. Please reboot or consult a professional for more options. All right, I'll I'll have to find another co-host. Okay. In the meantime, Gideon is such a little creep. And this time around, like, I hated, I hated everything he was doing. I always hated it. But now it's like I've met people like that. And it's like, oh, oh, I hate it. I hate it. The first red flag at the very beginning was them walking into the tent of telepathy and there being an organ. Everybody at that point should have ran. Uh, no, because an organ makes things classy. When I saw Avengers Endgame in London, we saw it at the Odeon Lux Leicester Square, which is a historical landmark, and it was super huge and really cool, and the theater seated like 800-something people, and there was an organ on the stage that they lowered before the movie started, and it was super cool. Okay, I mean, in that context, it's really great, but clearly in this In this context, knowing everything that we know about Gideon now and how he operates, like, yuck. And I mean, of course he's a friggin' simp. Like, come on. Oh, no, he's not a simp. He is not a simp. He is a budding incel. That's what he is. Okay, pardon me. (laughs) Yeah, everybody, organs are cool, and Gideon is not a simp, no matter what AJ tells you. Don't listen to him. Yeah, big lesson, big takeaway here at Into the Falls is you should never listen to whatever the hell I have to say. Because he knows nothing, and I know lots of things. That's our whole dynamic. Of course. Haven't you heard our intro? I hope you have. Who do you think printed the magazine that's just all about Mabel and Gideon? Uh, (laughs) 
They're on the cover. Their names are on the cover. It, it looks like that's the title of the magazine. Clearly, somebody has way too much time on their hands. Maybe Gideon did it or he paid someone to do it. Now, you know what? I know who it was. It was Toby Determined. This is what he does in his spare time when he's not ogling over that uh, that, that one news report. Chandra, Chandra Jimenez. Jimenez. Yeah. This is what he does when he's not uh, taking that cardboard cutout on, out on a date. By the way, how dare he get Lil Gideon to do that little favor for him? Like, get her number yourself, man. Yeah, that's very stalkerish. Nobody in this town knows how love works. Not Gideon, not Toby, not... Jeez. What is with the people in this town? I don't know. You're supposed to know. You've seen the show. Well, I can't tell you. So Will Forte was in this again. He only had one line. Where was he? Uh, that makes perfect sense, guy. That was Alex Hirsch. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I've also written down. Let's see. Where is it? Alex Hirsch is Jean-Luc the waiter. Am I right? I think so. Yeah, that was that was my that was my guess for uh, this week's edition of who did Alex Hirsch voice this time? Also, why did they give that, why did they give Mabel that lobster still alive? Because they don't, like, they want to be a fancy French restaurant, but they're in Gravity Falls, so they don't know how to actually do that. So they're like, oh, all these other restaurants have live lobsters in their seating area. So I guess we just serve live lobsters? You know what? That makes perfect sense. This is how people do this, right? Mabel being Mabel, of course, she keeps it as a pet. Absolutely. Like that. I mean, that's the good benefit of that. You get to take it home as a pet. You have a lobster now. By the way, lobsters and those beavers from last week, they should have a cute off. AJ, dude, that was like two episodes ago. Your friend, AJ in the editing room. I don't know. I think the beavers take it pretty easily. I never thought of that lobster as being cute. I don't think it's ugly. I don't think it's not cute. It's just not. It doesn't jump out at me as being like, oh, that's a cute lobster. Nah, when it was sinking into the water, I was, oh, man. I was I was like those people compelled by little Gideon to go, aww. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for it, living out its little lobster life in a big old tank. Snapping its stuff with its little claws and... Those beady little eyes. Just being a lobster, I have nothing against it. One of these days. Also, (laughs) man, going back to Lil Gideon and his nice guy energy. Like, man, showing up on a horse for for that first date. Oh, yeah. No joke. First thing I thought, seeing him on that horse, was Doug Dimmodome. Owner of the Dimsdale Dimmodome? Exactly. Like, that's the first thing I thought of. And I've never seen Fairly Odd Parents. Someone edited that clip so that Gideon is wearing a fedora and he's got, like, stubble on his neck. And it's just him saying "milady," and then Mabel slams the door on him. Oh, God, that person is a king. Like, that is exactly the kind of energy we were dealing with throughout this whole episode. I think it was, like, before that became a meme, too. Like, the nice guy. I mean, nice guys finished last was already kind of a meme, but, like, the fedora and the milady thing. I think that was like a year or so later. Yeah, totally. I also have in my notes here when uh, when Stan visits uh, Buddy's house for the first time and then he sees the clown painting and he's like, oh, this is beautiful. Like, I've seen that meme. Yeah, I've seen that meme. I saw the origin of a meme. You did. You got your first Gravity Falls meme. I was so happy. And also like. 
Did this show originate the term friend zone or did that exist before? No, uh, I think friends actually fittingly originated the term friend zone in the 90s. Haha, <laughs> nice. I think so. I could be wrong. I just read that somewhere. You know, funny thing, going back to my notes here, I have uh, on the second date when we uh, when they're on the boat being paddled by McGucket, of all people, he just shows up everywhere, doesn't he? Yeah, he's boating at night. Yeah. And then I have right here, what a simp. And then like when Dipper shows up and he's got the voodoo doll in his lap. That was so creepy, by the way. That's not a voodoo. Oh, wait, no. Well, I guess it's not a voodoo doll looking back. It's 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 merchandise. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. Because he, he doesn't use the voodoo doll to do it. He uses his magical bolo tie as as everyone does. Did he get a hold of Magicka Dispel's amulet or something? Or did Magicka loan it from him? I think Magicka died in a fire, in a warehouse fire, but the structure survived and Gideon used it to house his merchandise and the amulet was left behind. So he turned it into a bolo tie and wore it as a lucky charm. Disney, we're creating free lore for you here. Hire us and let me do a Duck Avenger TV series, please. If you won't, I will. We've said it, so now it has to happen. Exactly. And let Mary do her Chippendale Rescue Rangers reboot that she wants so badly. It's not mine. It's Frank Angonis's. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm just telling you to do it and maybe hire me as a writer. I don't know. Yeah, we're we're those fans who are tweeting like, people, fan bases should get together and vote on uh, the best members among them. And those members should be hired as writers on the actual TV show. And everyone's like, what? No, no, that is not how this industry works. Nor should it be. Oh my god, no. Also, what would what would the logistics of that be? How would you all get together and vote on one person? Yeah, everybody wants to be the one. So naturally, anarchy forms and then it's going to become the Hunger Games up in this piece. There's also just too many people who like media. Exactly. And people are crazy. Yeah. And fans are uh crazy oh i don't like it yeah don't have fandoms have friends and uh if you have those friends uh don't try to coerce them into dating you exactly because then they won't like you in any way absolutely like what is with the peer pressure with this town like everybody crowding around and and that little old lady who says she's actually gonna die of sadness and she i guess has her doctor right by her to confirm that like this lady has more problems uh in her life if she can actually die of sadness. I mean, yeah, it's not it's like it's not their fault that her health is so fragile. It's just like that would be the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Kid romance. Yeah. She needs to believe in cute little kid love, cute, innocent kid love. But that's not even what's going on here because it's not innocent because Gideon is a little f-ing creep. Exactly. He's a he's a turd. There's a billboard outside the tent of telepathy and Gideon's eyes are crooked on it. I just noticed that I'm like, that looks really weird and I would not want to go visit him. I know, right? Like this place has so many red flags. Like Dipper uh, in in the climax when he's going to meet Gideon in that warehouse. Like he looks at the address. He sees this place. Place has a thousand red flags on it. Like it's dilapidated. It's gross it's there's the classic hello 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 bit like turn and run man so we get wendy a little more in this episode oh yeah and and her uh thousands of guys her trail of broken hearts 
<laughs> her trail of bodies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, she killed all those guys after she broke up with them. So fun fact about that scene, all the guys she names when she's saying all the guys she broke up with, those Alex Hirsch took the names of boys that his sister had crushes on or dated growing up. And he just like mixed up the first and last names and put them all in that scene. And she like <laughs> called him furious after she saw it. <laughs> Wow, that's <laughs> that is iconic. Who would uh, who else would have the sack to do that kind of thing on a nationally televised cartoon show? I mean, the audience isn't going to know. Of course. Like, They're not going to be like, oh, Eli Hall. I know someone named Eli and they're probably someone named Hall that I also knew and they mixed it up and it's that guy. Yeah. It's hilarious. This can only be an in-joke between him and her. Yeah, but also, like, imagine you're, like, you, like, went to middle school with them and you're like, oh, this kid I went to school with uh, made a TV show. Let's watch it. Oh, God. Oh, God. I've been called out on national cable television. What a jerk. Yeah, so I, I just really like having that moment between Mabel and Wendy, just having girl talk. I like that Mabel has that resource because Dipper's not going to know about this. Yeah, and I also like that uh, Mabel can come to these conclusions like on her own. Like literally all Wendy did was name off all of the people she's left in her dust. And then it's like, but that, but that's all she needs to really come to this conclusion and make things right. I think maybe it's like she heard Wendy talking so casually about it and she was like, oh, you know, it's maybe it's not that big a deal. Maybe I don't have to get all in my head about it because like life goes on. Yeah. And peer pressure should not affect your decisions. So screw everybody in Gravity Falls. You march over there and you break up with that total creep. Break up with that little little revival tent preacher. Yeah, break up with that little televangelist and his money laundering shell corporation. Can I get an amen? Amen! Woo! Praise Jesus! What else do I have? Dipper, best brother, 10 out of 10. Yes, absolutely. Like... His heart is in the right place. Yeah, I mean, it's great that he is willing to do this for Mabel. Like, I don't think I would have the guts to go up to such a creep and be like... Yeah, my sister's not into you. Sorry, bud. I mean, that's that's a badass moan for him. Like, big kudos, big kudos. I mean, I don't think they know the extent of his creepiness yet. Because they know that he goes overboard in wanting to date Mabel. But, like, for all they know, it's just because he has an innocent childhood crush and doesn't know how to approach it. Yeah. But that, I, again, that a thousand red flags here, that, uh, that eyelid twitch... When he gets the news, that should have that should have been big, 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 big clue right there. Oh, yeah. There were all kinds of red flags, but I can't really fault a 12 year old for not recognizing them. I guess so. They're they're inexperienced in life. But then it's situations like these that uh, that foster that experience so that they know better uh, from then on what to look for in love and friendship and what to run like the fucking bejesus from. Oh yeah, for sure. What else do I have? I wrote down thumbs up indeed, my friend. I think that's something Gideon says to Dipper. Oh God. I didn't, I didn't rewatch. I recorded the Mystery Shack Look Back podcast for this episode a week ago with Charlie and Ella. And I watched the episode twice for that. And I did not rewatch it for this. 
I'm just going off my memory, which granted is very good and the notes that I wrote that time. But yeah. And obviously, you know, lots of things. So I do know lots of things. And I've seen this episode several times before. So I'm good. And this will help me uh, when and if we do our Toy Story 4 debate, because I'm never watching that movie again. I'm going off a memory for that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Granted, I'm probably going to go off a memory, too, because I'm lazy. But yeah, I just I couldn't survive it. I couldn't survive watching that ending again. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Okay, we're going to save this for the Thunderdome. <laughs> the Thunderdome. That's what Ella called it. The Dugsdale Dimmodome. The Discord chat that's just me, her, and Charlie for when we were doing uh, Mr. Shack Look Back is called Toy Story 4 Opinion Thunderdome. <laughs> and soon you will be a part of it, maybe. If we end up doing that, which we probably will. It sounds fun. Yeah. I can't wait to just go in there and be like, are you not entertained? Yeah, that'll be your intro. Okay. Break time. This episode of Into the Falls is proudly sponsored by Tiger Fist the Movie, the newest addition to the Disney Diamond Classics Collection. One of the classics of a generation. Mommy, can I keep him? Can once again be yours to own. I don't know. It's a tiger. Not just any tiger. A tiger with a fist! (sighs) Tiger Fist, the movie. The touching story of a boy and his beloved pet. Woohoo! Go, Tiger Fist! (laughs) And the prophecy of a lifetime. I cannot allow you to save the world, Tiger Fist! It will be mine! Timmy! Experience a wondrous adventure. It's up to me. (laughs) It's up to us. And the true power of long-lasting friendship. Roaring Fists of Fury! Bring it home for the whole family to enjoy for keeps. Tiger Fist, the movie, coming October 17th for a limited time only. When you're with me, Tiger Fist, there's nothing I can't do. Tiger Fist is not a real movie, nor is it or Into the Falls affiliated with Disney Enterprises, Inc. And we are not responsible for you falling for this dumb parody ad. Carla, I've always loved you, but I've never had the guts to say it. Please call me! So the thing they're doing with Seuss where they put a pillow under his shirt and they like run into his that was stomach. Adorable. I used to do I used to do something just like that with my grandpa when I was little. Uh, except there was no pillow. I would just like walk directly into his stomach and like bounce back and i thought it was the funniest thing and he just allowed it because <laughs> he's the best he's still alive so oh uh, that's great if he's listening thank you for tolerating that king grandpa right there king grandpa also like stan's stomach magically disappears whenever he's wearing the jacket but then he uh takes it off and then it's like the jacket has spanks in it. Of course it does. It's it's a shapewear jacket. Yeah. And I mean, I'm glad at least that he's self-aware of his problem, but can he do something about that? He's old. He doesn't want to. Yeah. He sounded very resigned when he said bodies change. Well, they do. They do. Side note, I love the fact that uh, Gravity Falls has an actual nightclub and it's just called... The club. I mean, is that that's not really a nightclub as much as it is just a restaurant. But I, yeah, but I love that it's just called the club. Like that's so giving up right there. Like they, someone when building it decided, hey, we've got a club now. We're cool. Let's. What should we call it? Oh, the club. Yeah, that's good enough. Did you catch the uh, visual reference there? Because I didn't the first time. Uh, 
You mean the club was referencing something? Yes. I did not catch that. That was a reference to uh, setting in Twin Peaks, which is a show that I've never seen. I think people just call that the Red Room on that show, but it has that like black and white striped floor. And I, I guess that's where the main character goes to like talk to ghosts or something. I don't know. Gotcha. I've never seen uh, I've never seen Twin Peaks either. Gravity Falls is described very often as being like the Simpsons meets Twin Peaks for kids. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Although also it was called The Red Room. Why was it not called The Red Rum? Like, really? Missed opportunity there. Copyright. Copyright, you magnificent bastard. That's how Disney gets their bread and butter. Absolutely. Forget people wanting to put Spider-Man on our uh, on their tombstones. If we can't make money off it, then we'll have none of that. Oh, the Spider-Man thing. That's just sad. But um, on a lighter note, you know, Gideon with those little figures he's painting at the end is kind of a reverse Quasimodo because he is seemingly on ground level making those figures he is a part of the world and when he is rejected by the girl he likes he doesn't take it well whereas quasimodo is in the disney version at least it's just kind of like yeah all right go be with this guy i like being your friend and gideon's like <sighs> exactly like that just sweating like he's on the pulpit get get my man a handkerchief yelling at his father do you ship may good belly on <laughs> after what's transpired here hell no i don't ship it but it's my favorite anime <laughs> just kidding i don't watch anime you don't watch anime no do i seem like someone who would well at least you've got one leg up on gideon he probably watches anime i mean all incels do Zing. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you're an anime fan, we're not calling you an incel. We're just saying there is an overlap. Yes. Again, do not listen to me. Also, freaking Gideon going all wrath of God on everybody at the very end. Like, oh, yeah. if they didn't uh, hammer, they didn't really hammer in the uh, the evangelical uh, roasting throughout this whole episode. Now they just really just pounded it into your brain. And I'm totally here for that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, really. Who, uh, who hurt Alex Hirsch? Tent Revival Evangelist. Yeah. But then they hurt everybody. Yeah. Yeah, there's another scene in this episode where Mabel also looks like a Peanuts character. I was saying she looked like a Peanuts character in Legend of the Gobblewonker. And this is the one that is especially noticeable when she comes home from the date and she's like pacing and Dipper's like, what's wrong? And she goes, blarg! And she's like waving her arms like that. That <laughs> looks that is straight out of a Peanuts special. You can't tell me it's not. Yeah, I can totally see that. Also, I'm living for blarg! It's just a general noise of frustration now. I can't do a Kristen Shaw impression. That's okay. Also, her blank stare when uh, when Gideon asks if she speaks French in French and she's just like, just pauses for a second. I'm living for that. Yeah, that's that's a great moment. Speaking of that scene, the dinner scene, something. Oh, no, it's the one after. It's the one where they're like actually on a date. I forgot to write this down, but it has lived with me for years. When the parrot says Thurp Day and Gideon has to correct it, that has just ingrained itself into my brain. And every week when I think of the word Thursday, like, oh, on Thursday, I got to do this. Without fail, I will think Thurp Day first. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, not every single time, but like way too often. That's really the power of a show right there. When absolutely the most mundane smallest joke just never leaves your brain oh yeah speaking like, of uh, like 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 earlier i said you asked a question and i said nerp oh yeah our challenge for next time is to see if we can make it one episode without referencing ducktales 
I will not allow that to happen. I'm not asking you to promise. I'm asking us to challenge ourselves to see if we can do it. I will deliberately fail the challenge. All right. Well, I signed up for this, so. Yep. So we were originally going to record this on the 5th. But AJ forgot, but I forgive him because it gave me time to go on a walk and I saw somebody drive by in, no joke, a Model T. Wow. A, a, a legit, like, Model T? I think so. Holy crap. I think they were, like, taking it to an antique car show or something. Wow, that's incredible. Like, I wanted to get a picture, but I was just so dumbfounded. I could only just stand there and stare at it as it as it passed by. I was like, where did you get that? When did you get that? Obviously, that uh, that driver right there is a real man. Like, a real man's man right there. That guy has it figured out. I didn't see the driver. I don't know if it was a man. Maybe it was a time-traveling Victorian woman. Maybe. Point is, that person knows what they want in life, they've got it, and they're happy. That is the picture of contentment right there. Unlike my man Gideon right here. And what they wanted was the exact car from Titanic that Jack and Rose had sex in. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right after uh, she was drawn like one of his French ladies. Is that the line? Uh, she said, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls wearing this. She holds out the necklace and Jack's like, okay. And she's like, only this. And he's like, <laughs> speaking of me. Yeah, that's uh, that's the third place that we've seen this amulet. Yeah, it's actually the same necklace. Uh, every piece of media only has one amulet. All the characters have to share. So like the necklace from the Together in Paris necklace from Anastasia, the Heart of the Ocean from Titanic, any kind of magical amulet or locket of any kind. It's, it's the same thing. This is canon now. Yeah, and you can trust us because we have a podcast. Absolutely. But like I say at the end, always trust no one. Except for me. Trust us, but trust no one. We've told him like three times not to trust you, but you can trust me. Yeah. Dipper really is not super into the credits gag. He's not that into Seuss being a disco ball. He'll just go along with it to be nice, but he's not entertained. I didn't notice that. I thought he, I mean, of course Mabel's into it, but... Dipper's just holding the flashlight with a blank expression on his face. All right. Although, I mean, who wouldn't be enraptured by, uh, by Disco Ball Seuss? Like, really, Stan, get with the program. I mean, Dipper, apparently. He's not, like, he's not against it. It's like me with the lobster. Like, he doesn't have a problem with it. It's just, eh. I guess so. The name of this episode is gonna have to be Neon Genesis Make It Belly On. Putting that out there now. <laughs> yes. You know what? Yes. I'm totally agreeing with this. Also, speaking of the uh, the end of the episode, where did Gideon get book number two? Like what? Where do you think he got it? Uh, I don't know. That begs the question. Is it an animation error or when did Dipper get book number two? I mean, Gideon having it is definitely not an animation error. That's just like a reveal. That's the reveal. Like... Holy crap. Yeah, it's weird. one of those wide eye moments like, I gotta come back next week. Yeah, this is like next to the vending machine thing. This is one of the first times we really get a moment like that. Yeah, really? Oh my goodness. So what do you think this means for the rest of the series? Uh, well, I mean, we know Gideon's coming back. He said so himself. Do and we know when that? incels make a promise, they they commit. If you can say anything about incels, they commit. And they commit crimes, that's for sure. Absolutely. And... Oh, boy. Whatever's in that second book. I mean, it had the amulet 
the info about the amulet in it. So what other secrets does it have in there? And is it more powerful than the secrets uh, Dipper has unlocked in the third book? I don't know. I'm literally wringing my hands right now with a old handheld microphone clip for those who can't see. But oh my goodness. Welcome to the part of the episode where AJ has no idea what the f*** is about to happen. Oh, there's a lot of those to come. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Do I have anything else? I have Tiger Fist Disney Plus reboot when... Uh, there's a kid yeah. in the background during the tent of telepathy scene, the kid in the background sitting like a couple rows behind Dipper and Mabel is one of the kids from Legend of the Gobblewonker who was fishing with their grandpa. They were like the sweet, innocent version of Dipper, Dipper and Mabel. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't notice some some kids there. I was sort of half expecting them to put like Mickey or Goofy in there like they did in uh, the beginning of The Little Mermaid. Yeah, I don't think they were allowed to. Yeah, Disney's precious about their main five. It would also be way too noticeable. Like in The Little Mermaid, that's a crowd shot and you can barely see them. I think Kermit the Frog is in that scene too. In The Little Mermaid, if you look at the crowd. Are you for real? I think so. Wow. Disney wasn't even working with the Muppets then. That's that's uh, that's crazy. No, they they like had a deal with the with Jim Henson, but they didn't own the Muppets yet because they also had Mr. Limpet at the end of Under the Sea. And that's like a Warner Brothers movie. Man, Disney animators back in the day just went ham. All right. Anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Nah, I think we, uh, I think we covered any everything here. You don't have any other questions or predictions? I just can't wait to see how that second book's gonna come into play and who this. Oh my gosh, who laid these books and when are they gonna appear? Well, we've got two of them now. Absolutely. And oh my goodness. Where do you think the first one is? Uh, in heaven, which is where Gideon is never going to go. Yeah, the author, um, the author ascended into heaven, much like the Virgin Mary at the end of her life. Uh, and because it was their physical form ascending and not just their soul, they were holding the first journal. So the first journal is with them in heaven. Our author is a god and you're probably riffing on me, but I'm going to believe this. And I am going to predict that by the end of this video or by the end of this video, by the end of this season, someone in this town, probably not a main character, but somebody will be sacrificed to said god. Probably. I was going to make a joke about a goat's head. It's probably going to be that. Somebody's just going to find some poor hapless goat and... There you go. That's our sacrifice. Because of course it is. Probably. But Probably. Uh, before before we get off, I before we hop off, I would like to plug yeah, my phrasing. <laughs> yep. I am working <laughs> on myself. Thank you very much. We all are. I want to tell the audience I recorded a guest spot on an episode of Mystery Shack Look Back with Charlie Marlowe and Ella Chessery. And if you're listening to this on July 14th or later, which you almost certainly are, because we've only released two episodes so far and today's the 10th, but that will be up. That's on PipeDreamPodcast.com and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And they are so funny and so good at what they do. They were so fun to talk to. It's so, so nice. I just had a great time and it is great to listen to. I absolutely recommend their podcast, uh, unless you're AJ, because they talk about fan theories and I'm trying to bring him in here as cold as humanly possible. But if you're not AJ, go listen to them. Yeah, it's awesome. Go listen. I'm only saying that to bump them up. I haven't seen any of 
their episodes, truly. But yes, go listen. That's one prediction that AJ is absolutely correct on. Absolutely. Go listen to Mystery Shack Look Back. They have more episodes than us right now because they have a weekly schedule and we do not. And yeah, they described this as sort of a good companion piece to their podcast. And I'm inclined to agree. I think if you like ours, you will like theirs and maybe vice versa. Gravity Fall fans, they look out for each other. They do. Just the one fall. Yeah. (laughs) What's next week's episode? Next week's episode is called The Inconveniencing. Oh. Who or what shall be inconvenienced? We'll have to find out. Yeah, but I mean, there's been a lot of inconveniencing on a lot of characters in this town. Like, this this town, just in general, is a big inconvenience on everybody. But this time, it's what the whole episode is about. Yes, it has a V in the front of it, so it must means something. It's a the gerund. It's the classic horror thing. You know, the happening, the shining, the vanishing. The into the falls. (laughs) The podcasting. The podcasting. The recording. The end. This has been Into the Falls. You can find me at Mabel Page Pines on Twitter and Instagram. That's Mabel P A G E Pines. I'm also May Page on YouTube and Film Knife on Medium and WordPress. That's where I post my film reviews and essays, editorials, etc. You can follow the show on Twitter at The Falls Cast, all one word, and Into the Falls Podcast on YouTube. And I will hand it off to AJ. My fandom of choice is Disney Ducks and their many spinoffs, so for lots of that, follow me on Twitter at AJ underscore the underscore blue jay or tumblr at aj dash the dash blue jay into the falls is hosted and produced by mary mckeon and aj sanchez with music by kevin mcleod thanks for listening and until next time trust no one We're just going to play the intro while you're doing this. No, you're going to play me singing it. Oh, yes, of course. How silly This is of going me. in raw. Oh, I should not have said that. <laughs> Phrasing. Wow, I did, not, I did not mean to say it like that. And I should not have said that. And I am sorry.